Hello and welcome back to the Attacking 2 podcast, this time with a Friday version of our humble podcast as we are talking about Bournemouth and of course transfers. Um, this will be a special episode with a special guest who is Simon Phillips, I guess everyone knows him already from Twitter. Um, without further ado, I can jump straight into one question we have all the time. Are you listening? Damn. So as I said, Simon Phillips is joining us today on the podcast. You can find him on Twitter at SyPhillipsSports. Uh, all the Twitter handles will be in the description below. Also, my Twitter handle and, of course, Jimmy's and the Attacking to Podcast Once. Having said that, we can jump straight into the discussion for today. I'm excited uh, because we've won uh, just yesterday as we, as we are recording this on a Thursday Against Bournemouth, it was a late Hazard goal that um, clinched us the win and um, put us through to the semi-finals where we will face Tottenham. But first things first, um, what do you think of the performance yesterday? Who was um, maybe the standout performer and what do you think ultimately of the game, Simon? Well, obviously the result was what's important and going through to the semi-finals, the Carabao Cup, I think... It's very important for Sari to to get some silverware. I mean, that still looks very far away, considering we've got to beat Tottenham in the semis and then likely to have to beat Man City in the final as well. But yeah, the performance, I think, was good. It was it was very difficult to break down the stubborn bomb of defence at times. And although it seemed we weren't that threatening in the first half. I think the majority of us felt that a goal was always on the cards because Chelsea controlled the game from start to finish, albeit a few um, scary pointers when Bournemouth counter-attacked. Um, obviously, Callum Wilson had a lot of pace um, and they did look dangerous a few times. Kepa kept us in the game. Another outstanding performance by him. Um, but I think, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea got the job done. They did what they needed to do. Um, and a few of the fringe players for once actually stepped up when they got called upon. Uh, Cesc Fabregas and Emerson, both very good for me last night. Um, and obviously it's very important to Sarri's system that um, the register plays well. And Fabregas definitely did that. But yeah, I think once again, the man who stood out for me was the, the man they asked to play in three different positions in one game. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, he obviously started the game on the wing. And then he got switched over to the other wing and eventually got pulled back to his more comfortable position in centre midfield. He was just he was just outstanding. Um, for me, I think he actually looked a lot more threatening when he was on the wing, which is a good option for us to have and it will give him more game time. He said to, he said today that he's actually willing to play in that position if it, if it means he plays. Although, you know, he, he also stated that he wants to be a centre midfielder. But yeah, I mean, he just took the game to Bournemouth. He was one of the few that did it. Pedro did it when he came on. Hazard obviously did it as well. But it, those three were the, you know, were the, the focal point for our, for our attacks uh, last night and and the reason that we got the goal in the end. Um, some great work down the left from Emerson was involved as well. And Hazard obviously poking the ball home. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was pleased on the whole with the performance. I think every game we do improve a little bit more. And it's good to see that the squad players are learning Sari's system now as well, um, giving him something to think about and, and hopefully allowing him to trust players a little bit more when he when he does need to use them. 
Yeah, I think uh, at the end, of course, we won it. Um, during the game, I was listening, I was reading from some people who weren't that satisfied. But in my opinion, it is always the case with the Sari system and as it is with the high percentage of possession that sometimes when teams sitting deep, it kind of takes a little while. It, in fact, it took a long while until we scored yesterday. But at the end, we come away with a win and there's nothing much to worry about. But Jimmy, what do you say about the performance? Was it kind of the underwhelming performance, especially maybe in the first half that some people saw? Or do you think that it's just your classic uh, sorry performance where you have to wait and at the end you will always, or in most cases, be successful? The thing is, uh, we, we've had a few games where you'd say, exactly as you said, what, was, was one really sure that we'll be successful? I mean, Bournemouth were very dangerous on the counter they showed that they in theory can harm us and it was a constant feeling that we're not going to take our chances we really might get kicked out by Bournemouth because they are a good side Eddie Howe set them up very well uh, tactically and mentally uh, for this Chelsea game even though they struggled in the first half I mean we, we, we played well in the first half we weren't clinical as always but it's really has become um, Eden Hazard FC. Our second string just struggles to really put games to bed. And it's been the case in the Europa League. It's been the case in other cup competition, uh, other League Cup games, uh, apart from, of course, the Liverpool. So the Derby County game was a problem. Um, the Liverpool game featured a lot of uh, first teamers anyway. But it's, I mean, there were very few performances there where I say they really did do well. I mean, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is the obvious. He was my man of the match. I think many share that sentiment. He was absolutely brilliant and he deserves all the praise he's getting. He really should be starting in our three-man midfield. For who, that is a very difficult question because Kovacic wasn't bad yesterday, despite some people saying otherwise. And another one who was silently good was, of course, Kepa Rizabalaga, but he's permanently always good, so I'm not even going to go into detail because he's just... I love the boy. Um, but it's Emerson. So Emerson had quietly a very good game yesterday. I mean, defensively, one can still say he has to work on a few things, but what he brings in that final third is just magnificent. Uh, I think he can have the same uh, attacking contributions as Marcus Alonso um he's still young he can still work on that but he i think he's def defensively he's more astute and he's got the pace and he showed that yesterday against Bournemouth because it's not easy to go up against a Callum Wilson uh i'm not sure what his first name was but Musse and the likes Junior Stanislas they these are all very uh pacey players and he did well to uh deal with the attacking threat so overall it was a very hard earned uh, win for Chelsea and the only thing and this is also something which I'd like to know from both of you what you think about this while we were at the start of the season saying okay it could take a while for us to get better um, we started very well everyone seemed to uh, take this far sorry philosophy like a duck to water but it has seemed to have re regressed so while other teams have slowly gotten 
into this new philosophy of the manager, like, for example, Everton or Arsenal, it's kind of been the, the opposite for Chelsea. It's as if we've gotten a step back. Now, the question is, is this something we should be worried about? Is this just a step back to go two steps forward in the future? I think um, regarding that, we have we have on games and we have off games. And it seems like Chelsea is a two-faced club at the moment. Like, we have these really brilliant games where everything goes to plan your Manchester City performances, where maybe it wasn't the archetypal uh, Sari performance. Or we have the, maybe dating back to, to the beginning of the season, the Arsenal performance, where we had our defensive flaws, but still um, we we managed to pull off a good good amount of, of, of chances. We create as much as Manchester City at the end of the day. Um, and it's mainly just down to not having the main striker that puts the chances away. We could have had so many more points this season. But um, then there are the other games, like the cup competitions, when the second string team, and we don't really have a second string team, it's more or less just four or five, five names being changed and the whole team changes with that. And as you've said before, it is Eden Hazard FC and it seems like you can have a Pedro in the team and you can have a, 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 a William in the team and it just isn't much difference if you have on 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 one wing Hudson Odoi and on the other wing Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Like the quality of the players is really, yeah, I guess average. Like if you have your Eden Hazard and maybe one or two other names, Jorginho or um, Kante not in your team at the moment, it seems like we, we are an average team. And it's just Eden Hazard, and we will speak about him surely when we come to the transfers. If he leaves the team, we look like a bang average side, and that worries me. Um, but it's also a case of players being on their game, and we have a few lazy players in the team, like William. And you see, once you play against big opposition, he's on his game. All right, he does two mistakes. We, we are used to that from William. But you can see... He's he's tracking back and he's making an impact when he's playing away to let's say Wolverhampton and we've seen it. Um, he looks like a different player, and there are few names in this team that play like this, and uh, that that kind of worries me. But I think um, it's not such as uh, uh, regress in uh, in in the system. It's just players are getting used to the system. Second string. And uh, also, maybe the motivation plays a big factor for me. What do you think, uh, Simon? I think, yeah, ultimately, I think our main issue is, I think you, you just touched on it, was the fact that we don't have a striker who's, who's doing what we need a striker to do. We don't have that number nine. Um, we don't have that bully as such who's going to be there causing problems for the centre-back. Murata obviously isn't on it, isn't with it at the moment. Giroud is, is, you know, he's a bit more physical, a bit more of a presence, but still, I think if we had that striker, that world-class striker that the club desperately need, that we thought Morata was going to be, then I think it might be a different story because the amount of chances we have made this season, um, I think we could have buried a lot more teams and I think we could have uh, given Tottenham a better game when we lost to them um, because we had the chances but another thing, another issue is that clubs are tending to mark Jorginho when he plays heavily with two or three men. Uh, the same with Hazard. 
They know our threats. They know our main threats, and they know that everything goes through Jorginho. And it's clever. It's clever tactic, really. I think to to mark the main orchestrator out of the game. And Chelsea haven't yet come up with um, a way of dealing with that. Whether um, it's a Kovacic dropping deeper to collect the ball, um, and try trying something different, uh, giving it into Kante instead. But that's that's definitely something that clubs have picked up on. Uh, from the start of the season where he was having all that time and space, whereas now he doesn't get that. Um, but I think the third thing is, for me, another issue, is the intensity that Chelsea play with is is nowhere near the same intensity as Liverpool or Man City, for example. Um, they seem We have the players from last season who played in a completely different system with Conte. They sat back. Um, they weren't asked to go and get the ball back. They weren't asked to hunt in packs to win the ball. Whereas this season, that's what they're asked to do. And they do it for a little while, but then they seem to drop off. I don't know whether it's a mentality thing or um, a fitness thing. I'm not sure. But they don't do it in a way that Sari wants them to do it. And you can see uh, yesterday, I think there was a, the camera panned over to Sari in the first half. And there was a situation where Bournemouth were having too much time on the ball. You could see his frustration and the players not, not doing as he wants them to do. But that's the thing that I think will come in time. Um, but we do need help. We definitely need to drop a few of the average players um, who, are, who are still playing. For Somehow, I don't, I don't understand why we rejected 50 million for William in the summer mm. from Barcelona. We should have cashed in. Um, we could have replaced him. We could have put Hudson-Odoi there. Um, and there's other players in, in the squad who I call Deadwood, um, who are not, not going to shine in this system under Sarri. And that's that to me. That's that's what's letting us down at the minute. Mm. And that's well, obviously well, yeah. the the question on our lips uh, at this moment in time. Um, can we get this that would out the door at the moment? Uh, so, uh, um, dropping over to the transfers here, um, is there any rumours about um, these players? I think, uh, namely, we can say Victor Moses. Uh, Danny Drinkwater, maybe Gary Cahill uh, leaving the club at the moment. Uh, is is there anything on the cards? Well, I think we're definitely going to see Gary Cahill leave in January, um, Andrew Water and Victor Moses. Those three, I think, well, I'd probably say 90% certain that will leave the club in January. Um, Moses, I think, he looks pretty certain to go to Crystal Palace, um, Drinkwater, possibly Fulham, and Cahill. I'm not sure his next move, but I'm pretty sure because he's, he's out of contract at the end of the season anyway. I think Chelsea will allow him to go on loan. Uh, until the end of the season um, and then make his move then when his contract's up. But um, apart from that, obviously, Cesc Fabregas is another huge doubt. He's got a question mark over him at the minute. He He's obviously got a contract offer on the table from Chelsea that he's, at the minute, doesn't want to sign because he wants to play more football. He's not 100% happy on the role he's asked to play. So he's he's looking at other options and, and I'm told he's got quite a few options. Um, the most public one being AC Milan at the minute. So he could go in January. Um, he's definitely free to talk to other clubs in January because his contract again runs out at the end of the season. Um, and then there's also Morata. He's obviously not being picked by Sari, who, who wants to, who, who prefers to put Hazard up there in a false nine at the minute. Um, I think he will, he will still get game time, but I think he's actually looking uh, to leave as well because obviously many reasons he's not finding it comfortable here his his head's not in it he's you know he's he seems mentally not there 
Um, and he, he obviously just wants to go somewhere else now and try again, I think, start from scratch. But will he go, I, I, will he go in January? I'm not sure. If he does, it'll only be a loan move. It won't be a, a sale. Um, mm. And it'll only be if Chelsea can get someone in to replace him on a temporary measure. Um, but then there's also talk of Giroud, who could go. Zappacosta and um, Callum Hudson-Odoi as well could get loaned out by the club. So there, there's still quite a few players who could go in January. Mm. I, I think, more, no, sorry, there's nearly more players rumoured out than in more at the moment. Yeah, that's that's a bit worrying because they're all homegrown except for Giroud. That's that's very worrying. Yeah, I mean, I think the three the three main ones, as I said at the beginning, is Cahill and Drinkwater and Moses. They're not going to stay. They're not even getting in the squad. Um, all three of them need to go to to get first team football. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you say, there is the homegrown issue, um, and there is a few reports that Chelsea. That's the reason why Chelsea are looking at players like uh, Callum Wilson, for example, to come in. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got players like Ampadu and Hudson Odoi. I saw the report about Hudson Odoi. Um, this was probably two months ago now. I can't remember what the source was to be honest, but. They were they were saying that Chelsea will consider loaning them out uh, in January, which which for me is absolutely ridiculous. Obviously because he's quality and because he's homegrown, it's to me he needs to be playing more, not not loaned out. But yeah. you know you you can look at that two ways. Like one thing that that struck me kind of was um, that you're almost certain that Morata is not leaving on a permanent basis if he leaves in winter, and you're not even sure that he leaves in the next transfer window. What makes you believe that? Because as he was frozen out for the last three games on a trot now, not even making the team, like not even making the bench, in fact. Um, it seems almost certain for me, like as as an, as an as a person sitting here in Austria, that he's leaving, um, maybe not on a permanent basis, yeah, but still on, on, on a loan in winter. And we discussed it on the podcast as well. It, it would make sense to maybe build up his confidence and having more or less... Uh, rejuvenated Morata coming back in summer? Yeah, I, I mean, the the whole loan thing, I think if he does go on loan, it, we could see another Bakayoko situation. Um, and, you know, like you just said, he could find his confidence and maybe he comes back to the club in the summer a completely different player. That, that would obviously be brilliant if he's banging the goals in, if he's got that confidence, if his head's back in it, then brilliant. But I think... I think from 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 the the whispers that I'm hearing, he's he's not happy at Chelsea. He, I think he he's not given up as such here, but I think he wants a fresh start. He wants to try somewhere else. I think he's he, he would prefer to live in Italy, as would his his wife. Um, I think there's a there's a number of issues for Morata being in London at the moment, and I think that he's looking at his his long term future away from Chelsea. Um, but yeah, that won't be until the summer. I don't think any permanent move. But has also Sari given up on him by freezing him out of the team? I don't think so. Um, I think Sari has lost a lot of confidence in him because at the start of the season he did keep picking him, even though he wasn't performing. I think he's yeah. I don't think he's given up on him as such, but I think I think he's lost a lot of confidence. Sari picks players on. Uh, on, on whether he's confident in them or not. And you can see that with Barkley and Loftus-Cheek. They had to earn his confidence to get in there. Um, and, and, yeah, and I think he's, he's definitely lost um, confidence in Morata. 
one has to, of course, add Morata was injured uh, after that BD game. So one of those games will have been the reason that he was just simply not fit enough to play. But yesterday, for example, him not even being in the squad, that was that was interesting because um, it was a big game. And Giroud, he didn't do too well yesterday. So I, I, I'll stand by my point that I've been making on, on Twitter and in the other podcast episodes that... I do believe we shouldn't be going in for a striker in January just yet because there are just there's a lack of options. I mean, who who would you get? Callum Wilson. First of all, Eddie Howe said after the game yesterday that he's definitely not leaving in January. That doesn't mean as much, of course, because things change. But, you know, if it's 50 million for a striker that come the summer should actually be a backup option for us, that's ludicrous. That really shouldn't be the case. So go on with Eden Hazard at centre forward, have Giroud as the backup plan or plan B, whatever you want to call it, and then go in for a elite world-class right wing or at least one uh, right winger or at least one that has the potential to be world-class who has a high ceiling. For example, someone like um, Leon Bailey or Nicolas Pepe. Or even at this point, I, I'd rather have, um, Nab- even though he's only played three or four games there for Lyon, Nabil Fekir. Um, I mean, there's Florent Tauvin as well. That is very promising. He's a completely different player to when he was at uh, Newcastle. There are a lot of options, uh, options, I mean, sorry, there. And they would cost about as much as Callum Wilson, maybe a bit more, but they'd actually make sense and wouldn't be backup players for the imminent future. And I know there's still Christian Pulisic. I'm not happy with our links to him, I'm, but that's a different story. But even him would make more sense than acquiring Callum Wilson or anyone else. I, I'm not trying to slate Callum Wilson. He's a good striker for Bournemouth, and I think he could do bits here. But he's a backup, and £50 million is ridiculous. Mm. Do you agree with that, uh, Simon? And what do you think about the names being named by Jimmy? Is there any likelihood of these players coming in? Well, I think Callum Wilson is an obvious target, but I agree with you, Jimmy, there um, entirely, actually. I, I think, why, yeah, why, as you say, why would we spend £50 million on a backup striker? Um, also, the fact, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not young. He's 26. Um, he's not old. But yeah, exactly. He's also... He's also quite injury prone. Um, he's had a few injuries that's put him out last last couple of seasons. Like, I agree with you. He's he's a good striker and he's you know he's better than what a lot of people are, on Twitter are saying about him. But he's still not someone who I'd want to see us go after in January or the summer at all. In fact, um, I think we need to set our standards a lot higher and we need to be looking at a, a real number nine, a world class striker, someone who's going to lead the line. But I think. Um, that's that's not going to be someone we're going to be seeing coming in in January. I think if that does happen, that will be the summer. I think the club are looking at short-term fixes for January. That's why you've got the likes of uh, Dries Mertens from Napoli being mentioned. Um, Gonzalo Higuain as well. Sorry, obviously wants him. The club said no to him when he first joined, but there's rumours that Sorry has again gone to the club and asked for Higuain. Um, he knows the player, he knows what he can do. But the club um, obviously have different stance. They look at the English, English-based players. The club are still looking at the option of Jamie Vardy, um, as well as Callum Wilson. 
And there's also um, a player who they went after last season, Marko Ornautovic, um, who <laughs> all these players would be would be literally short term options uh, to come in in January. But I mean, they have. I mean, the short list of strikers they've got is 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 longer than than me, and I'm six foot tall. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's an interesting one. But yeah, I. Bottom line is, I agree with you on Callum Wilson. I think we need to be setting our sights a lot higher than that. None of those names that you mentioned on that list now, like Marko Nautovic. I mean, I, I like Marko Nautovic because when we watch him and when the Austrian national team, he's like, without him, the Austrian national team doesn't perform. I think we'll agree there, mm. uh, Andy, right? Yeah, we absolutely but, do. But the, the thing is, how stupid would it be to bring a 30-year-old striker in exactly. who's injured at the moment and... You bring him in in winter when he clearly a player needs to adapt and needs a few games to to actually play the football, especially the Sari football, because it's a very different brand of football to the Bellagrini football at West Ham. So you yeah. ha- can hardly see you will hardly see an impact of him, and that's what we try to do. We want to have an impact, and we want to alter our problems as quickly as possible. Um, but maybe a right winger would would to do the trick for us and Jimmy mentioned a few names is there any any real story to it or is it just are we just in dreamland when we're saying Liam Bailey Nicolas Pepe yada 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 well when when you look at transfer targets and uh, rumors you've got to look at um the the substance behind it and the only one that's that everyone is basically confirming that Chelsea are targeting is Christian Pulisic at the moment um, the other the other names you mentioned, Pepe, um, Leon Bailey, uh, Malcolm, even from Barcelona. There's a few there's a few names that have been mentioned, but it's only by one or two sources, and, and normally that those kind of rumours just fade out. But Pulisic is literally being mentioned by everyone, so I'd, I'd go as far to say as he's definitely a target for the club. I think they want to bring him in in January, uh, but more realistically. It will be the summer because I think Dortmund are standing firm and saying that he's not going anywhere just yet. Um, but I think for me, going back to strikers and right wingers, I think in January it makes perfect sense to us. I know, I know he's old, but in my opinion, it, it makes perfect sense to bring in Dries Mertens or Higuain because they both know Sarri's system and they don't have to do any training to get there. They're going to do a job for a season or two when we need him to be. Um, and especially with Mertens, he can play on either wing or he can play as a false nine. So I think if we get it into our heads that the fact that we're not going to get a world-class striker in, in January, I think Mertens would be a great um, a great signing if we, if we could do it. Yeah. Price is going to be the problem. Yeah. But, I mean, we're, we're talking about Aurelio De Laurentiis here. He, he, he didn't want us to buy any of the players in summer. Why would that have changed now? Well, I think... Um, no, no, you're right. You're right. Um, I think the only thing is, is Mertens is being very vocal and public in in his uh, desire to work with Sari again, um, which which you know it could it could make a difference if he decided to go to De Laurentiis. Yeah, and but tells him he wants to leave. De Laurentiis doesn't care about that normally. He he no. he is publicly actually slated players. Yeah, you can come, but you can fuck off. Forgive me. Forgive my language, but it's it's really the case. If yeah, players no, have gone yeah. to him and he's just told them to fuck off, you know, he won't sell just to prove a point. He'll prove a point with Chelsea because he he's still mad at the whole sorry situation. I'm pretty sure about that. 
and he he won't sell to us. I, I'd I'd really bet my house on that. He will not sell us Dre's Mertens in January because he's still he scored six goals for them in twelve games or something. So he's still a very good striker for them. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I I do agree with that. Um, I think in terms of reality, yeah, yeah, you're right. Mertens Mertens would be a long shot coming in in January. Um, I think Higuain would obviously be a lot more doable. Um, he's obviously on loan at the minute, mm. AC Milan from Juventus. He's he's keen to go there. He he was going to. He obviously publicly stated that he would have signed when Sarri signed, but mm. Chelsea board um, rejected it. Um, but you know, if Sarri goes back to them again, explains his reasoning, I think they might they might be a bit more willing to to back him and and let him. How would that work? Like he's on he's on a season long loan, isn't he? To to Milan, where he's yeah he's now I think the second striker b- behind Cutrone at the moment. So he he would have to um, end his loan, go back to Juventus, and then be reloaned. Or how would that work? Yeah, well, it it could yeah as you say it could it could be that um, he's I think that his loan will be terminated at AC Milan, so he'll be a Juventus player. Um, and I think that he would be, yeah, then loaned to Chelsea from Juventus. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, there have also other other positions been addressed. Someone said, I think last podcast we discussed about um, Nathan Ake played against us yesterday, and it would be the last chance to get him on the um, on the re-signing clause uh, for about forty million. I've heard. Is there any? Any real rumors to that, or is there is there any truth to that that we are looking to bring him back to the club? It's definitely an option that's been looked at by the club because they, when they sold him to Bournemouth, they purposely put that buy back. Um, buy back is not a clause as such; it's an option to buy. I think, um, which is yeah, as as you say correctly, it's forty million. Um, so they will definitely, when I think that contract ends at the end of this season, uh, or that option, sorry, not that contract. So I think they will definitely look at whether they're going to do that or not uh, before it runs out. I'm not saying they will. Um, but yeah, for me, I mean, Nathan Ake was fantastic last night. He was he played uh, in midfield for Bournemouth and he was excellent. Um, Sari has this thing about his centre-backs. He likes them to be taller. So I'm not sure if Ake would get a look in there, but I mean, what about what about the re- the Regista role for Nathan Ake? I don't know what you guys think about that. I would like him at left back, to be honest. Yeah, a left back. Well, yeah. I'm not sure about that. He, hmm. but he wasn't good as a left wing back, that's for sure. He he was didn't do too well there, and we have got Marcus Alonso and Emerson already. I I think paying. 40 million or upwards or whatever it is that price that it's been quoted um, mm. for a left back, although we already have to, you know, mm. think of Alonso what you want. Maybe an investment that we should be prioritizing maybe in the summer, but not at the moment because mm. we've got more pressing issues. I mean, if we, as Alex Goldberg said the other week, it's all about that transfer ban. And I have no clue what the, uh, the club has for insight whether they think oh, it's going to happen or not but if they do think it's going to happen if it's possible to happen soon then they have to buy in 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 january and then that clause makes perfect sense i mean how old is he 23 something like that uh he can play in three different positions it would it would make sense because i 
normally I'd say we shouldn't be in for a defender in, in January. We should get a, a right winger, prior, that's the main priority. Uh, if possible, then a striker if it really is a really good option. And the only other thing would be to look into signing Mateo Kovacic on a permanent basis because we've got a back midfield. That's all I do, you know, because we don't need a goalkeeper. We don't really need defenders. Uh, only if Zappacosta or anyone else were to leave, like Christensen. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it just it makes no sense for me to buy Aki if we don't have that transfer ban. Not yet, at least. But if that's the last chance, actually, I didn't, I hadn't heard of that before. Is that really the last chance now in January to buy him or with that option? I think it's this season. I mean, I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me. But I think I heard that it was, yeah, this, this season. So until the summer. Right. Blimey. Mm. Well, that does put us under pressure then, to be, uh, to be fair. Uh, I mean, if, if we were to get really uh, someone like, I mean, I, I really don't want him, but let's say if we get Christian Pulisic, uh, Nathan Aki uh, in in January, will that be a decent enough window? Let's say we get in some striker like Dries Mertens. I mean, I, I'm or actually, as said, I don't think that can happen, but let's say Higuain. So Higuain, Nathan Aki and, and Christian Pulisic, would that be a good window? Well... In my opinion, at least, it would be uh, the best winter window we've had in God knows how long. Um, because it would actually address the problems we have. Like We, we have done some ludicrous things uh, a, along the way. Like We signed Torres in the winter when no one thought we would do it. And it wasn't actually to address a problem we, we've had because we had Drogba at the time. So we've we've done some crazy things. And I'm... Like I'm always happy when a, when a player comes in, except for the Gilo Bocci's and Michael Hector's of these of this world. But um, all the other players are are welcome at the at the football club, at least from from my point of view. And if we bring these names in, I'll, I will always be happy. So no problem with that at all. Simon, what would you say? I think. Um... Yeah, I think for January, I honestly don't think that we will be making too many signs because if you look at the players that are going out, um, the three that I mentioned earlier, that none of them are even in the squad. Um, they don't sit the bench. They're very much backup players. So if you're going to look at replacements for them, I mean, that's that's not really important. It's if people like Fabregas do decide to leave, William. Uh, Morata and Zappa Costa, that's when we would have to be then bringing in more players. But obviously the club are going to know who's going and who's staying. So I think it all depends on which players leave. Chelsea very much are a club who are about balancing out the squad and replacing players that leave rather than bringing in extra squad players or extra players who might not necessarily start every week unless they need to cover a position, uh, for example, a backup uh, Regista like Fabregas otherwise yeah I mean I'd love to see a right winger come in I've always said I've said it for quite a while I'd love to see a left footed right winger so Pepe for me would be the dream there from Lille um, I actually saw a report today from um, Lille as a club uh, are quite keen on making some money at the minute um, so they could well look at selling some of their assets um, Pepe would be one of them 
And I think that Chelsea, a lot like Leon Bailey when he was on fire last season, I wanted, I wanted the club to sign Bailey. And obviously he's not having such a good season this year, but um, someone like Pepe or someone like Bailey, uh, Bailey with a, a, right, a left-footed right winger, that's what I'd love to see arrive at the club. Um, and obviously a striker. I think we desperately need a striker, um, whether it's um, a bit part striker who's going to come in for the rest of the season and do a job, or whether it's a long-term replacement for Morata. I think we desperately need a striker. Um, but apart from that, I think, like you said, we're pretty set in midfield, doing well from positions there. We've got um, Ross Barkley and, and Loftus-Cheek, who are not starters at the moment, but both of them are, are pushing for it. Um and I think, yeah, we're only going to be looking at replacing positions then. So as Sapa Costa goes, we'll be looking at um, a right back uh, to come in. Um, obviously, there's talk about um, Hasai from Napoli. But again, then will we have the, the issue with the, the lovely Napoli owner uh, putting a block on that one, which will probably happen. Um, but yeah, I can't see it being busy in January, to be honest. There was actually hmm. that rumour yesterday that came out about us maybe... Um recalling Reese James in January if Zappacosta were to leave um, or maybe I actually don't think Zappacosta will leave in January I think he's definitely leaving in the summer yeah. uh, that we would recall well not recall but we wouldn't send Reese James on, on loan because we need first of all a homegrown player and because he's having such an immense season and has shown the maturity that for example Sonny Campbell is uh, illustrating I, I thought actually the headline you had on your article uh, which we will also be plugging at the end um that he's a 30 year old in a in an 18 year old's body <laughs> trapped in an 18 year old's body is actually a very uh fitting thing also to be said of reese james i mean that 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 interception he made with his head was very <laughs> reminiscent of uh of uh john terry you know, I, I think he could do bits. Zappacosta, if if he'd get Zappacosta's position to play in those cup games next season in the Carabao Cup, in the FA Cup, in I pray to God, not again the Europa League, but if it were to happen, then in those uh, group stage games, um, that would be fantastic. I mean, he he's also, I think, only 19 or 18 years old. I, I think he could do bits. And why sign like Zappacosta again? who contributes very little uh, when we've already got a perfect um, option uh, from our own academy. So I, 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 I can't remember the source from that yesterday. I, I don't know if you've heard anything in regard to that. I haven't seen that. Um, it's something that I had seen floating around a couple of months ago, um, but I haven't seen anything recently and nothing solid from the club um, from my perspective. But, a hundred percent cannot agree with you more on that. I'd love to see Reese James come back in January. Um, and I'd go as far to say that if he did come back in January, Zappacosta leaves, that he would be challenging as Poliqueta for that right back position by the end of the season. That's how highly I rate him. Ah. Um, I know a lot of people say, you know, oh, you're blowing up youth for this, that and the other. But I can count on, on one hand the, the youth players from Chelsea's academy that that I, I fully rate and think can easily make it out of the club, even now, put them in there now, and they still make it as a squad player. And he's definitely one of them, um, along with Ampadu and Hudson-Odoi. Those those three are definitely players that if you put them in Chelsea's starting eleven on Saturday, I'd have no quarrels whatsoever. And I know that they'd do more than a good job. They'd, they'd be assets. 
Um, mm. So yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on on Reece James definitely. Well, I think that's a positive note where we can slowly come to an end. But before we do that, uh, I would like to ask each of you the question: If we can only bring in one player in January, who would that be? And I, I come first here, and I would say um, I always said Nicolas Pepe, and I stick to my guns here, but. As it seems now more likely that we get Therese Mertens in, or at least, well, we we have our issues with, with the Napoli uh, president, but still uh, there, there, is, there is some truth to the story. I would also say maybe Therese Mertens, that kind of the little notch above uh, Nicolas Pepe. So it would be Mertens for me. Who would it be for you, uh, Jimmy? I have to stand by what I've been saying in that it's the right wing that I see is the most important position. So I'd go with it's a tricky question, but I think I'd have to say is it a realist, realistic option or is it just any right winger? Whoever you want. Whoever I want. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna do a cheeky one here and say a realistic option which I'd like to have just for the imminent future because I don't think we're going to get a big signing there will be a return of Arjen Robben for a half a year to year from Bayern. <laughs> I think he, because he's leaving soon. I'd like to come back for, you know, the autumn of his, his career. Well, actually he's already nearly the winter, <laughs> <laughs> but um, just, just to come in and show all our wingers, even, you know, to a certain extent, even Hazard what it actually means to be an elite forward uh, right winger. Um, I, I I just rate him that highly. I'd love for Ian Robin to, uh, Robin to return to Stamford Bridge for even if it's only a few months. Mm. Um, Simon, what, what would be your pick? Um, yeah, I mean, I like the Robin sentiment there. That's that's good. He was he was a class player. I used to used to love watching him play for Chelsea. He was just devastating. But yeah, um, yeah, I think um, non-realistic target because because I'm 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 so um, advocate on the fact that we need a striker to take us forward and put the chances away. I'd love to see um, a real number nine. So Moro Akadi for me would be an unrealistic target. Yeah, good choice. Um, but I think, yeah, I think if we're sticking to somebody more realistic, um, I'd like to see uh, Higuain come in because, yeah, I think the striker position is is problematic, and I, and I think we can address the the right wing position uh, in the summer. Okay, okay, um, good choice. Definitely the Maroc. I'd also take Maracardi if I wasn't thinking of right wing. So he he'd be brilliant, but. As we've already come to the end of our show, I think we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, and we will, as we always do, finish on the note that we plug our guest. And uh, Simon, tell us where our listeners can find you on the social media platforms and where you're writing currently. So you can find me uh, on Twitter. That's at CyPhilipSport. Um, and I currently write for Transfer News Central um, and the Chelsea Fancast website. Those are both .com. Um, and I've just started my own website as well, which is uh, the, called the Chelsea Echo. Uh, at the minute, it's .wordpress.com, but it will be .com very soon. I can only uh, emphasise that sentiment that please do go and read on the Chelsea Echo. Uh, 
Simon's articles. I thoroughly enjoyed your Ampadu one. That was a very, very good one. And I couldn't agree more. So give it a look. Give it uh give Simon a follow. And Andy, will you do the honors for us? I will do it. Of course I will do. Uh, you can find our Twitter handles just in the description below. There will be all the Twitter handles of all people involved here. Um, and yeah, special mention for the Twitter account of the Attacking 2 podcast. You should follow us under at uh, Attacking 2 pod. Uh, you should follow us on um, basically every platform where you can listen to us. So uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, and these days also... Uh, on YouTube, where you can also look at our vlog we've done when we went to Budapest to watch video away. Um, give us a subscription there, and yeah, keep listening to the Attacking 2 podcast, and keep the blue flag flying high.